what's up everything? The Blues had a good start to the season, and then it all came crashing down in a dramatic 8 to nothing loss at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche. We'll look at the good and the bad and the ugly of the Young Blues season in our first episode of the campaign. Plus, we'll go around the NHL to talk about the other headlines. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! Uh, uh, you know, welcome, welcome everybody is Two Guy One Cup Podcast, uh, Friday, January 15th, yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was start, real... Start happy, you should start happy, hockey's well, back. Yeah, 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 Connor McDavid is doing things. It was very fast. And uh, Kirill Kaprizov, greatest young player in the history of the NHL, mm-hmm. the Blackhawks, Real bad. There's a lot of positive takeaways from early in this season. And then there's that uh, uh, crap sandwich. Can we call it a crap sandwich that we had to watch tonight? It's not a crap sandwich yet. You know, we've got to play three games so something can be the middle. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Right now, this, go. you know, it's an open face sandwich. Yeah. And then the other good piece of bread against the Sharks will be the uh, end of it. I am not going to be overly upset about that game, because it is just one game. It's troublesome, <laughs> it's concerning, but you know, it's one game of hockey, and you know, it's, a, it's the one game of hockey. Before we dive in too much, Ian, how are you doing this fine evening, other than, you know, the excruciating torture that we just endured? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm glad that hockey's back. I'm uh, I'm happy the season has started. We haven't talked about a regular season game since March of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good. I'm glad that we have hockey back and it's not just uh, that shitty round robin stuff where I just honestly did not give a crap yep. <laughs> until we played Vancouver. So to be able to get this you know the bad taste of tonight's game out of our mouth, you know by Monday, hopefully. Uh, and then if not, then we play what Wednesday or Thursday. We're fine. We're fine. Yeah, it's Everything's all good. Fine. If we lose fifty-seven games in a row, then we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. It's a particularly weak draft, so you know. That's see. That's how you know we'll finish towards the back yeah. because yeah, the Blues will get reason. will get third overall on the weakest draft. Couldn't screw up next year when it's like three of the dopest prospects in history coming up at the top. Mm-hmm. One of whom, by the way, I may have mentioned this before, is a Finnish guy whose name is just straight up Brad Lambert. <laughs> and that is my favorite. Traditional Finnish name. I think Finnish we have name. talked about that on the podcast, and I'll probably mention it a lot more because you know what? He's a Finnish dude named Brad Lambert, and that deserves some recognition. Was he not like an American transplant mm, that was I don't born think over so. there? I think you he's know? like a real honest-to-God Finn. Honest um, to God, hand to, <laughs> hand to the Finnish God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so well, we're not gonna, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're, no, we're not gonna like dive into the agonizing specifics of tonight's game. 
Did you know the stars, be due to their COVID shit, don't start their season till January twenty second? <laughs> I don't uh, fix that NHL. I'm glad we're not in that division. Uh, anyways, yeah, continue. good luck. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into the viscera of today's game, but obviously not great. Obviously less than ideal. Uh, but you know, let's go ahead and start with the, some of the happier topic. The Blues in their in their opening game. They won four to one against the Colorado Avalanche and uh, looked like a very good team. We uh, were met shortly before puck drop with the troubling, disappointing news that Mike Hoffman's work visa had not been processed yet, and thus he was unable to play. I still don't entirely <laughs> understand how being on a PTO and working because you get paid for a PTO too, right? It's not just like a total. Maybe it's not. Maybe you don't I, get paid. I think but... it's. I think it's a tryout, and they go, "Sorry." Well, well in yeah, any case, he's rich. He doesn't need yeah, the money. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's making four he... million dollars, and he's doing crap for this team. <laughs> so, um, no, obviously that didn't uh, that didn't process. So we got to see Oscar Sundquist step up to the second line, and that worked out just fine in this game. Uh, Sammy Boy. Uh, came into the lineup to take Oscar Sundquist's spot, and that did not go over so well. Uh, the first period, you know, there was uh, some early penalties from the Blues, which is going to become a theme. Uh, and then Blay had his hit on Devin Taves behind the Avalanche's net. He was assessed just a two-minute minor at the time. Uh, would later be looked again at looked at again, and he would get a two-game suspension. Why don't we start there, Ian? What are your thoughts on that hit? And then, you know, we can bring in the context of the Nick Dowd head at center ice that uh, got no uh, no uh, punishment from the <laughs> league. Uh, I, reprimand? I can't think of the word. There were no repercussions. Sure, repercussions. Um, Good word. $10 word. You know, I thought that the Sammy Blay hit was definitely going to get a talking about, mm-hmm. if not by... Uh, the league definitely by the fans and it was it was by both the league talked with them and i was like this will for sure be a fine it almost has to be you know even if it's not a targeted headshot like he hit him in the head they gotta they have to find him it's their it's their law they gotta do something about headshots at very least um so a fine was in the works and then i thought at worst he'd get like one game it's early in the season Obviously didn't look intentional, like he was aiming for the head, but he was trying to make contact of some kind. Uh, Devin Taves is, you know, in the crouched over hockey position that you're that you're in, because rarely are these people standing straight up, uh, you know, when playing the puck. And he makes contact with his head, and I was like, all right, that could be a game. But then it turned into two games, and that seemed like a little a bit of, you know, a little overkill. I think we talked about this. Has Blay been suspended before? I think so. My heart says yeah, he has in been. In the playoffs, right? Didn't he get a one-gamer in the playoffs? Was that him or was that Barbashev or Sundquist? Maybe it was uh, Barbashev Sundquist. and Sundquist. Yeah, yeah, two yeah, people, yeah. but maybe one of them wasn't Blay. Um, Sammy. Because Sundquist got that one for the hit on Grizzly. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that one. Yeah. Let's see if this says anything. Oh, bleedingblue.com. Uh, 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 no, it doesn't sound like he <laughs> Okay, he's clean. he's clean as can be. But still, um, two games felt like a little bit too much. But I also, you know what? If I'm a Avalanche fan, if I'm just a neutral fan and I look at that hit, 
I don't think it's malicious, but if you go, yeah, we gave Sammy Blay two games, I kind of just nod my head and go, yeah, that makes sense. Headshots are something that the league's trying to crack down on, have been for like the last 10 years, um, and they're getting more and more serious about it every season. So I think two games actually make sense. I don't like it, but I think it makes sense. Now, it doesn't make sense compared to some of the other headshots um, in just these last day, in the last uh, days or two, day or two. Uh, that haven't gotten any sort of repercussions like we talked about with, like, the Nick Dowd hit on... I don't even know who it was. Um, was the Island News? Bogota, yeah. Maybe? That was, like, center ice. And right he was definitely aiming to make uh, a large amount of contact. I don't know if he's necessarily aiming for the head. But it, it looks a lot worse. I have to say, the optics of it are a lot worse. And as far as I know, Nick Dowd has gotten no talking to. Eric Stahl. Oh. oh, you know, classic. Um, Nick Dowd's on the caps? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, there you go. I think it makes sense for Sammy Blay, um, in in that incident alone, isolated. But, if you compare it to some of the other incidents already in the league, it makes less sense. It's just, it's the same thing as the rules during play. Just call them consistently. You know, just punish people consistently. Um, and then I have less of a problem with it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not really on the side of the people who are, you know, up in arms about this hit uh, or about the suspension. Rather, um, if it wasn't our player, how would we feel? I don't know. I wouldn't be like bloodthirsty for Sammy Blay. Um, you know, if it was Tom Wilson, I'm, I'm sure I'd probably be a little bloodthirsty. But like, it's. It, I'm torn between the two things of like, it's it's the constant struggle I feel of NHL discipline, which is on the one hand, they have to deal with their own, um, you know, jurisprudence, if you will, <laughs> their own history of, of judgments and um, prior cases, prior decisions that should weigh on how they decide new punishments. Mm-hmm. But at the other, same time, or on the other hand, they're trying to up the standard, especially for head hits, and they're trying to get head hits out of the game, and they're trying to punish them more and more severely so that, you know, they stop happening. <laughs> so they're kind of stuck between these two worlds, and I think the the frustrating part about it is that Dowd then doesn't get any time. And I don't really look at the Dowd hit as being heinous, necessarily, mm. but it's a very similar hit and it's open ice, which, you know, I think arguably makes it worse. Um, like I said, it definitely, it definitely looks worse. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, it's not that I really care about Sammy boy. I mean, (laughs) you know, at all. Um, (laughs) No, but it's, you know, he might not have played either of these games anyway. So it can't be, we can't be furious about it, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, it is, it does seem like a little bit of a double standard and a little bit of a, an inconsistency and so you know whatever it is what it is um i have to say hits like this too like you have to you have to punish almost any contact to the head unless it's like you you know or falling backwards as they place their head underneath you or whatever but things like this just feel almost like i don't know just extremely hard to prevent like, you're kind of coaching them to not go for any contact here, which I think is the only way to prevent it. Because, again, Taves, and you've seen this hit a billion times. Like, if you're a hockey fan, you've seen it tons of times. Guy 
is playing the puck, so he's in like you know a, a wide stance. He's lowering his head a little bit. He's as you as hockey players do, and it's just so quick. As someone else is coming in to lay a hit, they kind of are trying to make contact with all of a sudden realizing, shit, I can't make contact. And then they <laughs> hit the head because that's what's yeah. in front of them. Um, and it's just no time to react. And I know they have to punish that again because it's head contact. But it's like, I don't know if that's ever going to be out of the game until you force these guys to basically think about not hitting right. in that scenario. Mm-hmm. As long as they're like, I think I should probably make contact with them, that sort of head contact is always going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I know people will be up in arms at the suggestion of not hitting. So there's really no winning here. And, you know, I just can't get too bothered about a, a two-game Sammy Boy suspension. If you want us to yell, we'll yell more later. Oh, yeah. Andre Burakovsky scores on the ensuing goal, making it one to nothing. Avalanche. Conference, Sam Gerrard on the assists. Um... But then uh, from that point on, you know, the the balance of power in the game was pretty even. Uh, but uh, the balance of scoring was all Blues. Uh, Oscar Sundquist scored his first of the season. Obviously, the Blues' first goal since the bubble. Um, in the ninth minute, tenth minute, uh, with uh, Schwartz and Thomas assisting, that was a, a really nice little drop pass from ye old Robert Thomas to Schwartz that set all that up. Jordan Cairo uh, kind of made a mistake in the offensive zone and then sort of recovered and got an opportunity and buried it mm-hmm. for his uh, and what I guess became the game-winning goal for him, uh, which I hadn't thought about. So, you know, nice to see him get that confidence early. Um, you can have that kind of monkey on the back situation if you're a young player that doesn't get on the score sheet for four or five games. So I'm glad to see him kind of get that out of the way and not have to worry about that. I think he's looked pretty good. I think that, yeah, that whole third line looked really good. Um, that game, surprisingly good. I At first I was, you know, this is a credit to Craig Berube, who was, I, I think, I, you made the point, and I don't know if, I can't remember if we talked about it because I know you made it while you were in Texas, but about um, this season really being a test for the coaches. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's smart to really look at Craig Berube, who I feel like, I know some people will just heartily disagree with this, and that's fine, but I feel like we still don't totally know what he is as the Blues coach. Yeah. Because he's had two very bizarre seasons. We've gotten to see him coach, you know, and obviously one of them ended in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. But it was still a lot of momentum and a lot of magic and... He did a lot of great coaching there. I'm not taking that away from him. Yeah, but I think he hasn't coached a real season yet. And yeah. even if he coaches this, this whole season, isn't. I can't wait for his third season yeah. here, which will be a regular season. Yeah, but you know, it just seems like because of the pressure cooker of playing the same team back to back a lot and only playing eight teams, you know, and mm-hmm. and um, having you know a lot of history with these teams and stuff. I think it's it's a a great chance to evaluate coaches. And what I was going to say was at first I kind of balked at the idea of, you know, it's partially because of my bias for the players, but I was just like, Oh, if Hoffman's not going to be there, just move Cairo up Mm -hmm. and, you know, have him up there. And I think he was the smart one in deciding, you know, Cairo has been building chemistry with Bozak and Samford all off season, all, all training camp as such as it was. Um, and why would I break out that line and screw up two lines when I can just move Sunquist up and have Boy step in on the fourth line? And, and that obviously worked incredibly well in this game, so all credit to him for that. 
we had a you know a pretty back and forth second period a couple of penalties on Robert Bortuzzo um, one of them was you know not as much of a penalty uh, but the Blues discipline has been wanting uh, yeah. <laughs> early in this season what, yeah the first game felt like yeah they should probably tighten it up and then it got worse yeah <laughs> yeah yep. yep. Uh, and the Avs outshot the Blues five to fifteen to six in that period, but Bennington looked really good. And I, th- I think you know you can say what you will about an eight nothing scoreline tonight, but I think the goalies, for the most part, can't be blamed. I'm not going to say they were great, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of those goals were were pretty crappy for them. So you know, early returns are are fairly promising for Bennington. Kyle Clifford, who was uh, having a birthday, got his first goal as a Blue. I forget that he is a blue, but so he is. And he also turned... Do you think I'm ever going to adjust? Do you think it's going to be like the middle mm. of next season? They'll be like, Clifford skating with the puck. And I'm like, who? Did we sign him for like more than a year? Right? Yeah, two. One, yeah. two at like I'll... just flat one million per, I think. I'll be used to it like halfway through next mm-hmm. season and when we let him walk. He just turned 30. Did you know that? Yeah. But he's been around in my head since years. 2005. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was weird to me because I'm already 30. And I was like, mm, no, I think I'm Robert Thomas's age. <laughs> I'm like, I'm definitely not older Kyle than Kyle Clifford. Clifford. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. That is. Hello, darkness, my old friend. So sad. Guys, the look that just came over Ian's face. I wish I had captured it. It was just so surreal. Sad. He was talking about it, and it's like his brain was processing it, but his like think brain wasn't hearing the words he said, and then he just like pressed uh, my monkey my brain, brain caught up. Yikes! Uh, you know, Ian, you're still loved. You're still cared for. Um, Only by the thirty year olds. <laughs> I've been is, forsaken is, by the 20-year-olds. This, this is two podcasts in a row where we've really, really crapped on turning 30. This is going to be a long year. This is be if a you're, long if you're year. soon to turn 30, just know it's over for you already. <laughs> you're done. You're done. Uh, yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah. It, he does feel like he's been a, a, in the league for a thousand years, though. and He was part of both King's Cups. Yeah, probably. So he must probably. have been, I mean, he must have started with him young. Yeah. I don't think, no one named Kyle Quifford has ever sounded young, though. That's part of the mark against him. When he started, you when you heard, first heard about him, you assumed he was 28 then. I think so. he says, uh, not like, a, he doesn't look old, like. No, but, but he's missing teeth, yeah. and he's got thin hair, and it's like, you know, he just looks like a. Kind of a grinder guy. But hey, yeah. scored a nice goal here with assist from Blay and Barbashev. Blay, who shouldn't have been in the game anymore. Um, <laughs> and then uh, with uh, six minutes left, Sunquest, Thomas, and Schwartz connect on a goal, uh, each of them getting their second point of the game. Uh, and the Blues won 4-1 to one, pretty handily, pretty comfortably. A game that, you know, in the stat column looked a lot closer than it was on the score sheet. Uh, Blues had 32 shots to 27, and Corsi 4 at even strength was 50.5 in favor of the Avalanche, so very, very close in terms of possession. Uh, Avs had a lot more giveaways, and, and it looked like a game where we took, uh, you know, the we took advantage of the other team's mistakes, not in the way that that one knucklehead uh, Avalanche <laughs> podcast said, 
where neither team looked good and the Blues just capitalized on mistakes because that means one team looked better than the other team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 62.5 of the 0.05 of the expected goals at even strength, 1.9 to 1.17. Uh, so, you know, when you look at that metric, seems pretty dominant. A uh, couple of quotes from after the game. Robert Thomas said, I think we're ready to go. We're ready to prove to everyone that we're still a top team in the league and a Stanley Cup contender. Robert, Robert, <laughs> where were you tonight? <laughs> uh, that was our drive today, and I think we played a great team game and really showed everyone not to step on us, sleep on us. I do have to say about Thomas, I've seen him stepping up more as like a, an interview guy and a quote guy. And I don't know if that's intentional or just, I don't know, maybe it happens more in your third year anyway, but like, it really seems like he's been a more kind of vocal, visible presence on the team rather yeah. than just a guy that we like and pay attention to. Um, so that's kind of cool. And maybe he is just a young leader type. Uh, Bennington said, I feel like we were rolling lines and we were having good... <laughs> Bennington's been rolling a lot of lines this life. Uh, and we were having good outs for each other and communicating in the D zone, which is big. Early in the year, we've got to communicate and have good line changes. Didn't tonight, Jordan. Uh, everyone was moving. Everyone was playing and getting their touches. Get your touches. We keep it pretty tight. It was good to see. So, yeah, I mean, it was a very positive feeling after the first game. Mm-hmm. I was feeling great. That was an inopportune Marco Rubio S time to take a sip of water, but I He's got it anyway. So many water bottles, yeah, just people, empty water bottles. People really, really You're sweating, really vibing on that five-year-old Marco Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he just talked about that thing I watched five years ago. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, I had all positive vibes after this game. I really did. Because you're down Hoffman, you're down Tarasenko, your two best goal scorers aren't in the lineup. Um, you still really take it to a team that entered with a lot of hype. The NHL, uh, NBC people, uh, Doc Emmerich and, P- and Pierre Maguire are gone, but their uh, propensity to slob the knobs of certain teams has gone nowhere. They were all over the jock of the Colorado Avalanche, and especially Nathan McKinnon in this game. And listen, listen. I thought I was about the biggest Nathan McKinnon stand there was who wasn't already an Avalanche fan. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, there was one point as Kendall, it was Kendall the one that was doing color commentary. Uh, um, no, because she works for the Sharks now. What's the other one's name? <laughs> that feels so bad. Um, I can't remember the other Whoever one's Whoever she was on yeah. color commentary, yeah. I will look it up because I feel terrible, it said at one point that she was just like, I just, I, in my opinion, Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the world right now. And I'm like, no, you can debate the second best. You don't get to say best. That's not a thing. I, I'm sorry. If this, has, has something changed? He was up for the heart last year. Sure. What, but was Connor, Connor McDavid McKinnon, wasn't oh God, up for the heart? Oh God. Leon Dreisaitl was. I quit the league. You're right, Stephen. You can't debate who the best player is because that <laughs> best player is Leon Dreisaitl. It's not Connor McDavid. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Um, I will shit on Connor McDavid <laughs> so hard and just be a fucking uh, Leon Dreisaitl stan until the day I die. Uh, yeah, it's um, AJ Malesko. That's the other. That's the other. Um, that was, uh, that was a weird experience. I'm, I very much like Nathan McKinnon. He's very good at hockey, but yikes. 
Um, but yeah, overall, it just felt like a really good game. We really controlled it. You know, it wasn't dominant by any means, but it was, it was our pace, our game. I felt like pretty, pretty consistently, and it just felt good to get a four to one win under our belts. Mm-hmm. I was really worried Ian, <laughs> that early in the season we'd have an embarrassingly lopsided defeat. And I'd have to start to be concerned, which now that I've seen this first game, I know would never happen. You'll never have to be concerned. You yeah. remember early in the season, I think it was the first game of what became the Stanley Cup season, but wasn't there for a very long time, uh, where the Winnipeg Jets just wiped the floor with us. I think it was the game one. And yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we it was were... like six something. We were doing that. a similar thing where it was like, well... That sucked, but you can't freak out about it. And I'm not saying we have to freak out about this one. But it was kind of like, oh, freak out a little bit, though, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but let's keep the positive vibes rolling for the moment. What did you like from this first game? Yeah, I liked the I liked the second line a lot. That second line was clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought at first with missing Hoffman, it was disappointing, you know. For a guy that hasn't actually played for this team yet in a regular season... And a player I wasn't even necessarily thinking we had to sign. I I was disappointed to hear that the work visa thing hadn't gone through and that he wasn't able to play. I was like, damn it, really? It felt like it was almost like a small delay on the actual blue season starting. Mm-hmm. But watching uh, Sunquist play with Schwartz and with Thomas, maybe, just maybe, they need to go back to that. I don't know. But it looked really good. Hoffman didn't all look good. Yeah, we'll talk. I know because it's not a game that favors his skill set. I'm not going to dagger him too much. But. Yeah, and someone to, someone to watch. But yeah, I really liked Sunquist up there. They talked a lot in other um, other pieces, like on Jeremy Rutherford's, I think, piece in The Athletic, or maybe it was Luke Korak, or somebody talking about Sunquist being extremely versatile, and you can play him anywhere up and down the lineup. And Normally, when you say that about a player, it means they're just kind of so-so, you know? Or they're like, hey, he's a real Patrick Berglund type. But I actually... <laughs> but like, you know, They would say that shit all Damn the time. With yeah, they'd be like, wow, that guy can really play on the second line for all of one minute. He can play anywhere on the lineup because he's equally in effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but Sunquist looked really good there. Robert Thomas, obviously two amazing passes. Um one to Schwartz, one to Sunquist, real great setup guy. I really liked his. I liked his game a lot. Um, the third line too was surprising to me. I didn't <coughs> expect a lot from Sanford, Bozak, Cairo. I get that's your third line, so you should expect Sanford a little offense. Sons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Cairo had a really good game. Sanford looked good. Bozak looked good. The first line I didn't really notice all that much except for Perron, but that's all right. They're probably out there shutting, shutting down uh, Nathan McKinnon. So not bad overall. Fourth line looked good too. Um, love seeing Kyle Clifford get on the score sheet early. That's just a good, a feel good story on his birthday. What I want to talk about though is like Tory Krug. Did you notice Tory Krug? No, I actually I didn't thought Tory Krug had a really good game on Wednesday. Uh-huh. It's just I didn't really notice him all that much except for on the power play. But I think overall for being on a new team, um, you're not. Alex Petrangelo's replacement. You are more offensively minded. I thought overall he looked pretty good. There was a couple early shifts he had where he looked a little, I don't know if it was nervous or just kind of bobbling the puck, but overall I thought he looked really good with Pareko. Pareko, a, a stalwart back there already. I'm, I feel less and less worried about him already. Uh, I thought I was going to be like, all right, prove to me that you can log big minutes. 
uh, Pareko. No, yeah. yeah, but um, not great. Looked today. like it could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I thought per- I thought Pareko. I thought that pairing. I mean, obviously, first game, mm-hmm. but I thought they looked good. Yeah. They're kind of unique. They're not like anything the Blues have had mm-hmm. before. I guess you know if you go all the way back to like Shattenkirk and Petrangelo, it's it's more similar to that. Yeah, where you had the one kind of defensive stalwart and the one. More Sh- offensive Shaddy Jackman, but was that any good? I mean, do you really want to compare anyone no, to Shaddy Jackman? No, I'd rather forget that ever happened. And I hadn't, or you reminded me of something. Shaddy's halfway up the ice. I'm Barrett Jackman. <laughs> I'm going to pass it in front of the goalie. I am the ice. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, they looked they looked good. I haven't seen, you know, Tory Krug necessarily work any magic yeah. Yet, but that's gonna take some time. You got to develop that chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, Pareko, I just you got to see him shoot more this season. I think that's gonna be the mm-hmm. one big thing is not only shooting but hitting things, whether whether it be bodies or the net, whatever you can hit. Um, other than preferable your own team's bodies, you know, just putting it in the line of fire so that people are either wary of your shot or that you're actually scoring goals. Um, I think I want to feel his like presence more. Like he's obviously quite good defensively. We saw what he could do with Bo Meester in the Cup run and everything. But it's like you just want to you want to see him out there more. You want to feel him out there more. I thought actually our uh, third pairing, Dunn and Bortuzzo, actually looked really good together. Uh-huh. I thought Bortuzzo had the the hand over the puck penalty was stupid. <laughs> I mean, it was a real, it was a real thing, and he fucking the real Shen, and he did Shen, it. You remember that time Shen I, yeah. the fuck oh, in yeah. his very first game? Oh yeah! Wow! But like, good times. <laughs> I saw people on Twitter like, I can't believe they called, but I'm like, I don't know. It looks like he put his <laughs> hand over the fuck. Um, but yeah, and then he got a really shitty. What was it? It wasn't slashing, hooking call that was like non-existent. But anyways, outside of those two penalties, I thought Bertuzzo looked really good. He actually had some really good defensive plays, and him and Dunn looked really effective too. Then Scandella and Falk. This one, I feel like I'm going to be watching all season. A, because they won't break them up, I'm sure. And B, um, because I just don't know if it if they fit. They looked weird. They looked weird together. That's all I'll say. Uh, they just looked weird together. And, like, they didn't, neither I of them thought, made awful plays. Falk looked pretty good. I mean, he had yeah. a plus three on the night. But, yeah. He's so much better as like a rover. If he goes in deep and he like tries to get in like high slot and stuff. I know I know you want Petrangelo or Pareko on that first line, and I get it. It does feel to me like Falk Krug Pareko Scandella makes more sense. Or what really makes sense to me is having a left D that isn't Marco Scandella. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's Vince Dunn or, you know, I just yeah. that that extension never has really made sense to me. I don't think he's bad. I'm not trying to drag the guy. I just think he's very, like, he's a little Joel Edmondson-y. But if you wanted to have Joel Edmondson, you could have just kept Joel Edmondson, you know? like He really feels like, and I think Mark Scandell is fine. Yeah. But he feels a lot like the Blues saw what happened with Jay Bomeister. And I mean, whether or not he has any health condition that happens, he, they just see that he's old and he's going to retire mm. and leave. And they go, we need someone on the left. And they look yeah. at Vince Dunn and they go, okay, but not him. And they look at <laughs> they look at everyone, everyone they have and they go, oh, none of these people. And they just go, you're here. And then they were like, we can't yeah. let you walk. 
I mean, yeah. don't extend them for that long, but maybe it doesn't stay then. So it just feels like they plugged a hole real quick and said, you, did you here. Did they sign him right before the pandemic or did they sign him after? Oh, that's a good question. Well, look it up. I think it was after. I think it was after. But it was like before the bubble, right? It was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. during the pandemic, it was like I an, want to say. It was like in April or May. Yeah. Because it was like one of the little bits of hockey news we got. Uh, let's see if this has a dateline. It was him and there was a somewhat, and then Blay, wasn't it like oh, him and Blay or something? I dateline on this, you just... I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I'll try to figure it out, but, um, April 23rd, yeah. Yep. So that was like right in the middle of pandemic times. The second article that oh, came you out know what? was written by yours truly. Oh, no big wow. deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I can't blame um, Doug Armstrong then because he was he was had pandemic brain. Yeah, you know what to do. No one knows what to do. Brain. They've only heard of COVID for the last like two months. They're freaking out. You know what? I need Marcos Candela. Somebody was remi- I was listening to a different podcast, uh, the earlier soccer podcast, where they were talking about if you ever go back to your like conversations from early stage pandemic. Where you were like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it sucks that we had to cancel such and such, but I'm sure when they come back in April, you know, mm. we'll get a chance to see them or whatever. You know, like, we all thought it was going to be so short, and we were very wrong. My brain ping-ponged early on where I'm like, this is either going to be done in a month, or this will be eternity. Forever, yeah, and it's been forever. Um, so sad. Shut up, cat. You don't have to worry about the pandemic. You're an indoor cat anyway. But not your cat. If you're if you're a cat, no listening. cat. Please, no offense to our our feline audiences. Of course, <laughs> never, never would we ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if we already have Perunovic, Mikola Gunnarsson, Vince Dunn on the left side, if we added Tori Krug, which obviously you know um, Armstrong can't know about at the time, but. I think it's almost certainly going to be a player on defense that we that we would like for uh, Seattle to take, whether it's Justin Falk or Marco Scandella. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how what we try to trade our way out of. Four years for thirteen point one million, though that's a lot, and I don't love it. But, you know, I don't think they looked especially terrible. They just look a little, I don't know, what are you guys bringing? If Fox is not on the power play at all, what's going on? There? I know, I'm just kind of <laughs> like, what's happening? get it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, Justin Fox. I liked it back when I didn't have to be concerned about our defense. Yeah, yeah, what a weird, but like our offense isn't good enough yet where I'm like, oh, but we don't have to worry about that. Our de- I, de- I really feel like our defense right now is good enough where if our offense was great, then mm. I'd be like, fine, whatever. Yeah. Defense is good enough, goalie's good enough that we can at least be competitive all the time. Mm-hmm. But right now it's like, mm, is this a Franken team or are they a good team? Because I'm not sure yet. And today did not help me decide. <laughs> uh, early returns around the rest of the NHL before we dig into tonight's cluster. Um the Chicago Blackhawks are maybe going to be historically terrible. Yeah, they could be. They are. I mean, listen, the as much as we want to make fun of them, they weren't prepared for the loss of their two top centers on top of everything else that they had to go through. Um, you know, they've lost Kirby Doc and, and Jonathan Tay is both probably for the entirety of the season. Doc 
maybe back. Um, we don't really know what's going on with Taves, right? Wasn't it? It's like a health condition. Yeah, kind of a, but kind of cloaked in mystery. Mm -hmm. um, but they are uh, 2 and 0. They have a minus seven goal differential. They have some of the worst goaltending in the NHL, as far as I'm concerned. See, you're going to say they couldn't foresee that they lost their two best centers, but for the whole offseason, they foresaw that they had Subban and. That's Delia true. Is their goalie. Yeah, is... no, listen, I'm not making too many excuses oh, for geez. him. Did you know that? I um... have never. I've. I know we've said this before. I cannot think of an NHL goalie pairing that is anywhere near as bad as Chris Delia and PK. <laughs> and I know that's not either of their names, but I don't want to bother knowing Malcolm Subban. Colin. Colin. Yeah. Oh, good. It's not that comedian. He, he's from he's from Rancho Cucamongo. Oh, well, then he's worth it. Make him make him a, a star. I love that. Um, they're bad. Oh, I was gonna say, like, I don't Steve Mason. I don't remember who any of his backups were, but I think Steve Mason alone's better than either of those two. Guys. We had, who did we have? We had Chris Mason. What Chris about Mason, yeah. what about when we had Chris Mason? And Ty Conklin was that pretty bad? But Ty Conklin was kind of like a—he was like a proven journeyman. I also I think feel like. Chris Mason, the Chris Mason, Mason yeah, yeah. was better than either of those guys, right? Let's look up so. Chris Mason, folks. It's going to be a journey tonight. Chris Mason career stats. How many Chris Masons do you think we go through before I get to the one that I want? Oh, he's the first one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Red Deer, Alberta. Red Deer native. April 20th, 1976. Um, uh, 317 games, 205 starts, 137 wins. That's a really good winning percentage. Yeah. Uh, 909 save percentage, 266 goals against average. Chris uh, Mason better than either yeah. of those two schmucks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, your tweet... I think said it well, well, where you basically tweeted, I almost feel bad for the... No, I don't. I don't feel bad for the Blackhawks. I kind of do, though. No, I think they need. They had had some bad seasons, but they weren't bad enough. get the first overall yeah. pick. They're oh, not going to yeah. get Jolly Roger like the, the Red Wings did. And speaking of the Red Wings, 1-0-1. Oh, not, the, not the disgrace of their division anymore. Thomas Grice, I think, was a real nice pickup mm -hmm. for him. It's a low-cost thing where it's like... As similar, similar to what the Blackhawks could have done, even if you're rebuilding, don't be an embarrassment. That's what I was saying. How could they have not gotten any one of these goalies that yeah. was on the market? And even if they were like normally would have been a backup on any other team, be like, dude, you can be our How starter here. How could they have not kept Robin Lane here? I don't like. I don't get any of it. Corey Crawford obviously yeah. retired suddenly, but they let him go before anyone knew that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Or they could have been the team that traded for. Mark Andre Fleury and and got picks in the process, like literally anything, guys. Whew. Anyway, um, can't save that. Can't <laughs> fix that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of goaltenders who have some issues, and uh, teams that Mark Andre Fleury used to play for, <laughs> Tristan Jari. Oh boy, uh, the Penguins bet big on him, and he has not looked good through two games. He got pulled in this one. Uh, you know, he had a phenomenal season last year. And with Matt Murray continuing to struggle, they kind of decided to move on from Murray and go with the 25-year-old from Surrey, British Columbia. 
can I take Tristan Jari out in the story with the fringe on top? I cannot because he's terrible. <laughs> um, he has uh, got a 602 goals against average oh. and a 760 save percentage Holy this shit. season. And I'm not. Woo-hoo! His goal saved above average is somehow already negative 3.5. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> and I'm not going to say he's washed or, um, you know, it's over. I'm going to say this, though. Not too soon to be worried. Uh, that's uh, He's been real bad. And the Pigments... Matt, Matt Murray looked good tonight. That's all I'm saying. Matt Murray looked yeah, pretty good tonight. Oh, baby. Yeah, Matt Murray uh, got a win over the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, we mentioned Kirill Kaprizov, I think, debuted for the Wild. I'm glad Wild fans have something to be excited about. I was going to say, so, yeah. Not even a, they yeah. are in our division this yeah, year. Yeah, they are. Never mind. Uh, I but can't even keep track. But no, I'm really, I genuinely am glad for him. Given that guy, let Marco Marco Rossi got hurt, so they don't. Their excitement is tempered, which is, I feel like is a good place for them. You know what? Right in the middle between excitement and disappointment, just straight in the middle. That's where the Minnesota Wild. A real, goes. a real alchemist problem. Mm, yeah. You see, they give something up <laughs> to get something else. Um, but uh, you know, I'm glad he got a goal off his foot for the game winner. Um, Do you think that was calculated? You think he was oh, sliding yeah, and bounced off his... Uh, Clearly yeah. on purpose. Ottawa... Those Russians are smart. Hey, Ottawa, Senators, top of the Scotia North Division, baby. Mm. And they're never leaving it. They're never giving it up. Um, I would love for them to make the playoffs. Tim Stutzlet was supposed to go to S-T-U-E-T-Z-L-E, but he had the umlaut on his Senators jersey tonight, so now I'm all confused. Yeah, they Stick... said he's going to do that. He's going to oh, keep back? the German spelling. Back? Yeah. Good, good. I want the umlaut. Give me that umlaut. Why not? Because I can type them on uh, this Mac keyboard just by holding down U, and I feel real special. <laughs> so, like how the Mac goes, you want a U? Oh, you want this kind of U? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's not a not a ton of conclusions to draw yet. Buffalo struggling. Dallas doesn't get to start for another week, uh, but. Um, Hockey's back. Man, it's fun. I caved immediately and bought the NHL package. You got I'm trying to use it a lot uh, because I want to watch these games, man. I want to see hockey. I want to do that hockey. Um, we got games at 1 p.m. tomorrow. You can be watching it all day. Uh, but now we put it on the off long enough. And like I said, we're not going to dive into the real deep details of this game. The Blues lost, and they lost a lot. I saw on um, the stat page that only that none of our players have worse than a minus two, and I thought, how is that possible? And then I looked. Five of these goals were on the power play. Yeah. And Ian, not only were five of them on the power play, which we'll discuss in a moment, but I sometimes forget that power play goals do not count in plus minus, which is weird to me a little bit. This is why Alex Ovechkin had, like, I forget, a 40, 50-goal season, 40-goal season, I think uh-huh. it was. And he was, like, I forget, a historic, like, minus, like, 25 oh, or something. Oh, and Leon Dreisaitl last year, too. Yeah, see, because he sucks. Yeah, he does. Not Alex Ovechkin. No, Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Not so good. The best player in the you league, he sucks. He, had a, he probably had Newmont in his name and gave it up. 
Just saying. Just mm-hmm. saying. Can't trust those crowds. I say that as a German person. I'm allowed to say it. I think, okay. I think German people have enough disdain for themselves and their country that they would say don't oh, trust yeah. them crowds. <laughs> of course. Yes, yes. A lot of... A lot of... Uh, knowing and loving a lot of German people, some deep cultural shame still lingers in the bloodlines of that country. And you know what? Maybe it should. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Keep it there. As someone who has German heritage... Maybe for another couple of generations. Just keep that strong. Keep, keep <laughs> it going strong. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, this uh, this was not the game we wanted. Uh, <sighs> our first game watching together this season, not so well. I don't think we watch any more together, yeah? I think, yeah, I think that's, that's it. it. <laughs> Put a fork in it. Um, but Sammy Blay was given uh, that two-game suspension, as we mentioned, so he was out of the lineup. Um Hoffman took his place, essentially, which he had taken Hoffman's place originally, so that was an even deal. Uh, This was never... I think Darren Pang made a really good point at the end of this game, and he does that so rarely. that Yeah, when he wasn't trying to slop knob. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) he wasn't trying to yell at the refs and challenge people to fight. (laughs) (laughs) I challenge you! I challenge anyone to defend. Listen... Slime nothing game. It's not sour grapes. There were three goals still after that conversation. <laughs> Darren Pang made the point like that the Blues never looked in this game. Because it ended eight to nothing, it looks terrible and it was. It obviously yeah. was terrible, but like if this had been a one to two or two to nothing game, it still would have been a lopsided awful mm-hmm. defeat. Same shitty ass. And effort. I think that's an important thing to remember because I don't want people I don't want people to get too obsessed or Somehow, the um, I'm more concerned about just writing off this and being like, well, whatever. Once it's three to nothing, what are you going to do? You know, and it's like, I don't know, wake up and play some hockey. Mm-hmm. The Penguins still lost five to two today, but it was three to nothing in the first period. And they were like, you know what? We'll score two goals right away and put ourselves back in this game. Um, yeah, but they have Cody CC, so, you know. It was either going to be, <laughs> I forget who it was anymore, Jack Johnson or only Mono, and it was Cody's season. Uh, if we can wrap real quick to um, to the Rangers real fast yeah. to go back around the league. Those poor people, oh, for whatever... The Islanders eight times. For whatever you want to believe on either whatever side of the aisle you're on, they have Tony D'Angelo, which is just a problem. Just a problem overall, whatever you want to call it. A distraction, let's say. And then they also have Jack Johnson, who they... Who they their coach has already gone on a record as saying, you know what, some people don't like the stats around Jack Johnson, but we think he's a very useful piece. And I'm like, that's the first step. That's the denial step. Mm-hmm. Um, why have people, do they employ Jack Johnson due to the fact that his parents <laughs> lost all his money and yeah, people feel bad I, for him? I, yes. I think it's got to be it. Two things. He's really close with Sidney Crosby. And you know, you know NHL executives are like, well, I must have learned something. Let's get that Magic Crosby juice. I don't and understand how some guys can was be... Was he so... on the Kings yeah. when they won a cup? No, 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 no. He was gone before that. Well, he was before. gone before that. <laughs> um, I don't understand how they there can be players that are in this league, are super good, and the next year they're bad and are instantly gone. You never hear from them again. And then there's players that are consistently awful and they can constantly get new jobs. Uh... Yeah. It blows my mind. He's, I mean, he's, uh, it's this weird, I, I have a basic philosophy in life. 
this is the most Jeff Merrick I'll ever get on this podcast. But oh, Jesus. What, what, my what guide, else One say? of my few guiding principles in life is if everybody thinks you're wrong, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If everybody agrees on something and you think, no, but I think Jack Johnson is actually a pretty good player. You're wrong. You're not, you don't have some secret formula. You don't have special binoculars that see how good Jack Johnson is. You're wrong, and they're all right. And even if, even if, in this particular case, you are somehow correct, don't do it, because it's not worth the public embarrassment. It's not worth every conversation you have being a conversation justifying why you signed Jack Johnson to sign Jack Johnson. So I don't know what you're doing, John Davidson, over there, old buddy, old pal. Uh, but cut it out. There's so many hockey players in the AHL, just in this league period, and yeah. that was, like, that's what you went with? That's the what Blues I'd be confused by. Have, I, I am not a... I'm, I don't hate them, but I am very fine if the Blues traded both Carl Gunnarsson and Robert Bortuzzo tomorrow for seventh-round picks. I wouldn't be upset in the slightest. I would start either one of those guys 82 games before I started Jack Johnson once. I would gladly, I mean, I wouldn't be able to with um, Gunnarsson because he'd fall <laughs> He'd try, boy, he'd try. Oh, boy. So well-dressed, though. But, um, you know how I know so well-dressed? It's because he's always wearing suits up in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, because you met him that one time, I was there. To hide all his compound <laughs> fractures. <laughs> do we not? Do we know that uh, Carl Gunnarsson is not completely injured at this Currently, yeah time? No. I would. They just don't have. Is. They just don't have to disclose My it to us. He is, and they just have no reason to let us know. You're, I, that, that's a Craig Bruby answer. Is Carl Gunnarsson hurt? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> It's like game 30. We've had a, a hemorrhage of injuries in our decor. Tyler Tucker is starting on the first pairing. And Carl Gunnarsson still isn't in the lineup. And the media's like, Craig, where is Carl Gunnarsson? You're guessing. <laughs> I have filed paperwork with witness protection. To see if I'm going to tell you, chance, good chances are he's in an MRI machine right now. <laughs> I normally find them. Oh, boy. By the way, you mentioned Tony D'Angelo, and I didn't know what other than him being a shitty hockey player you were talking about, and then I looked it up. Not great, Tony. Not the right week, but... Woo! Step into the background, Tony. That's kind of the thing where... What team was he on before this? He was on Arizona, Arizona, but before that he was on another team. Uh, I can't remember what it was. uh, Tampa Bay? Might be. He was cut from Tampa. So, yes. But, yeah, it seems like all these teams kind of know, again, like you said, all these people know something. And then the Rangers are like, no, 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 no. He'll be just fine. And they're like, I've seen people go, he's got 50 points. I'm like, yeah, dude. He also played around fucking Panarin and Zabanajad all the time. Like, I'm not saying everyone can do that for Mm -hmm. sure. He's a gifted player. And if you can use him, you can use him. But I'm just saying... It just sucks when you're a rebuilding team and you have Jack Johnson. And then you're also like, Tony D'Angelo, way better. We need to play him. And you're like, stop it, Tony. Just stop, please. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, I won't do it. And I'm like, oh, we've, we're minus a pairing. And unfortunately, it's probably one of our better pairings, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. given the fact our, our defense is a little bit thin. It's uh, not great. 
Nothing. Anyway, sorry, I thought about all the tweets I saw yesterday of these poor people being like, why are the Rangers already playing Jan Johnson too much? <laughs> uh, uh, I did see one of my one of my favorite hockey tweets of all time was last last week during the <laughs> last year during the bubble playoffs. I guess Tony somebody tweeted at Tony D'Angelo <laughs> and pissed him off, so he blocked him and then I retweeted it and said this is the only block he's made all the And that got me. Um, <sighs> this game, uh, it was bad. I'm not going to. Gabriel Landis. No, let's stay out of it. The score is, uh, the, I mean, the Az dominated the whole game. We never looked good. We had two power plays. They both looked like crap. We had a lot of power plays in this game, ultimately. Mm. They all looked like crap. Um, a little better late in the thir- first, but not a lot better. And then four minutes into the thir- second, um... <laughs> Ian has come undone. Uh, Landis Cog is all alone in the crease. Reminiscent of that Jakaikal goal where Robert Thomas just forgot himself. That's right. Phantom entered the Phantom Realm. Man, Jakaikal was crazy against the Blues last year. Yeah. I know he's a very good player, but it was like, geez, the Wheezy guy. <laughs> yeah, come on, calm, calm down, man. It's like, There's other teams, bro. It's probably pissed that Ryan O'Reilly got a ticket out of that hellhole and he was stuck there for You left me. You sent me behind, Ryan. I've lost my love of the game, too. I never had it. Uh, and then Andre Verkowski scored a power play goal. Gabriel Landeskog got his second after a bad Vince Dunn play behind the net. Uh, nice dish by Anta, Anti Ranton. Uh, whatever. Finnish names are all interchangeable. You, you were pretty close. <laughs> what is it even? I can't. Mika. Mika. Mika Ranton. Anti Mika. Right there underneath because Mika Ranton scored the next goal on the power play and it was 4 nothing. Very quickly, I think those goals were consecutively Landis Cog's 200th with the franchise and Rantanen's 100th, so at least it was historic. Um, and then uh, Kadri, McKinnon, Jonas Donskoy, and Devin Taves all score on the debuting Vili Husso in the fourth period. Three of those are on the power play. I don't I don't know. I'm not like Billy Huso is toast or anything. Yeah. But the whole idea of um, debuting him there, I mean, I'm not, I can't be in Craig Berube's head, but you're thinking, hey, this game's already lost. It's going to yeah, be kind yeah. of low pressure, slow, sloppy hockey, and we can let this get, kid say he has 20 minutes in the NHL, make a few saves, and then when we have to start him, Boom. Has a little more Bingo confidence. Yeah. A bit. Well, he doesn't have any now. Yeah, we shot uh, I think he had like three goals, four goals on seven shots or something. Uh, not good. Everybody joins the scoring parade. Devin Taves is very much alive. He gets two points. Kale McCarr has three points by the end of this thing. Sam Gerard three points. Um, I don't. I don't know. What do you say? What do you say? Our, our penalty kill looked awful. Mm-hmm. Our power play looked maybe even worse. Which listen, I'm not gonna freak out. The power play I'm yeah, power play I'm I think the least worried about. And they about. haven't had a lot of time to get together in jail. Mm-hmm. But as a point you made last week, I think that thing's gotta be top five with the personnel yeah. that's on there. And it doesn't have to be tomorrow, but it needs to improve quick mm-hmm. with that team that's on there. Um Mike Hoffman did not look good in his debut. 
but I don't want to blame him because, like, it wasn't a game that suited him. We'd never had the puck in the offensive zone, so what's true, he going to do? True, true, Which is like, you can say he's not contributing to that, and that's fine. He wasn't, but, like, nobody else was anyway. So, I don't know. Do I care? I mean, I saw him get pylon quite a few times. <laughs> uh, one time by Kale McCarr, where he just stood there. And Kale McCarr, I don't know, basically uh, did the disco inferno right around him i couldn't think of a dance move i'm so sorry uh but um the limbo that was what i was the cha-cha for. slide that's right he cha-cha slid right past him um but uh yeah i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna dagger my kaufman i'm not gonna dagger anyone in this game but it was not good give me some of your takeaways they suck. <laughs> I know the quick analysis. <laughs> man, just I don't know, man. It's I think it's frustrating when they pretty much <laughs> they end the game, skate off, sit down on their little stool, and they go, "Yeah, well, I knew that was this was going to be bad from the minute the puck dropped because we weren't prepared." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Well, if you knew that the whole game, were you gonna, is anyone going to fix anything?" I mean, yeah, nothing. Going back to your point about the coaching, what changed in this game? Yeah, I want. I'm glad Verubi. Verubi does really seem really good at setting a game plan and changing it game yeah. to game and putting the right players in the lineup and, and setting a strategy. At least from what I could tell, there were no adjustments in this game that I could see, and it was just a lifeless team. I get that. I t- I sent you a tweet on Slack because you made a point about. Uh, um, the kind of empty commentary where they just say hockey things, yeah. you know, which was a great point. You should reiterate that point real quickly. Tell the people. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, like, and that's true. That was towards the end of the game, too, because I think they were just uh-huh. talking about how the Blues need to play. Uh, there is a pity hockey commentators in a game like yeah. this because they have to spill 30 minutes of just dead air. <laughs> that's true. I do feel bad when it's like, if it's a blowout in your favor, you can laugh mm-hmm. and tell fun stories yeah. and you're like, this dude's such a stud. But when you're losing, there's only so much where you can be like, this team needs to be better. Because yeah. you say that over and over again, it's just, yeah, it's boring. But yeah, they always talk about the Blues being like a, a team that hits. They're like, this team's identity is is physical which, first of all, every team in the hockey who plays a check, they might not do it as much as some other team, but they're all physical. But whatever. They're physical, but they need to skate. They skate. No, they skate hard. Stephen, you ever heard about teams that skate hard? Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. physical. They skate hard. But, Stephen, they can also score. They yeah. can also score, and they make plays. And I'm like, you described hockey. There is a brand of analysis, and that says, I think this is what you're pointing to, that's yeah. somehow even more generic than... Yeah get to the dirty areas, get pucks in deep, you know, the classic kind of stereotypical coaching lines. And the reason I had you repeat that, because Jamie Rivers, all due respect to Jamie, because there's not a lot of brilliant insight you can get after Mm. after this game, but maybe just don't say anything. He says, takeaways from tonight's game. Boys just didn't have any gas in the tank tonight, and the Avs took advantage of it. Okay, but why? It's game two of the <laughs> yeah. season. Why do they have no gas? But let's ignore that. Point number two. Gotta stay out of the box. True, Jerry. You fair. do. Gotta play the full 60 minutes. <laughs> Next no. game can't come soon enough for the boys. Well, I agree with everything you said. But I just in the wake of your comment, made me uh, feel a little 
little uh, underappreciative of the deep analysis of Jack So, Hunter. I guess I, the thing that bugs me about that stuff with hockey is that, like, I feel like I like the strategy of games, whether it be sports or, like, video games or anything. Mm-hmm. And so, and you can probably speak to this maybe a little better just because I think you're a little more familiar with other... Such a brilliant strategic yeah, mind. <laughs> well, with other, with other sports, but, like... I feel like there are different football teams. There are like there are <laughs> yes. teams where it's like these are st- Philadelphia Flyers yeah. are in this part of the country and the 49ers are all the way over. But I mean like they play different. They uh-huh. play this by the same rules but they have different, you know, obviously I think with football it's different because they have plays they run and blah blah and these guys are in this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. These guys are in this. But like they're distinct and then I think even in baseball you kind of have lineups that are a little more distinct from each other. And within hockey I think you do too, but I don't think they highlight it enough yeah. they just talk because it's such a team they don't sport. talk about the actual differences and they focus on superficial yeah they just they're like this is a tough team because they like to hit and i'm like but what is that i i believe that i believe there are teams that are just more physical mm-hmm. but like tell me what players those are tell me what it is other than they just hit it's like what's their strategy versus say like uh penguins who aren't as physical who are gonna do this and that mm-hmm. and they'll and they will kind of it's like they want to tell you but they they don't want to give you those magician secrets, think, so they just use like two words: I physical think, and playing. You know, making plays, and that's it. Yeah, I think hockey is such a try-hard league in some respects too. I mean, it's especially noticeable on on NBC, and maybe it's just our commentary team doesn't do this much, which is not a, an insult to them because I love our commentary team. But like, I watch soccer, football, mm. if you will. Um, Casually, I mean, I, I follow Liverpool pretty closely, but I watch it casually. I usually catch a game or two a week, and I've been watching at that level of, of half interest for maybe three or four years now. So, relatively new football soccer fan. I have a much better understanding of the actual in-game tactics of, of soccer than I do of hockey. And mm. because I don't, I don't, I, I know some things from hockey, but everything I know from hockey, I feel like I picked up by watch by watching the actual players, not listening to the commentary. Mm, Just like, true, oh, he's posted up behind the net, and he's trying to get pucks and slap him in front of guy, for guys that are taking up space there. Like, I can tell that's a, a like mm-hmm. an arrangement, an intentional yeah, yeah. arrangement of the play. Uh, I've learned some of these things from EA Sports NHL yeah, yeah. games, and any some of it is is extra reading. Very little of it is in actual commentary, mm. um, and I feel like soccer obviously a much slower game, a longer game, ninety mm. minutes instead of sixty. So you have a lot more time to kind of unfurl and a lot more space to fill. Mm. But I don't feel like I ever see hockey games where they're like, oh yeah, the Blues. Right now we're playing three two. You know, I'm just I'm just yeah, yeah. these up. I think that's a hockey term. I think, but like, I think they're the playing three two, and you see that the center is rotating back behind the net to try and funnel pucks in front mm-hmm. uh, for the one timers from Hoffman. Like I don't hear that ever. See, that's what I like to. I like that sort of talk, and then mm-hmm. I also like to your point about like NHL like 20, 21, whatever you want to play. If you go in there and you're like, I want to figure out what like formation I want in the power play. I mean, they'll talk about it a little bit, but it's like, as an umbrella? 
<laughs> is it like yeah. a strong side? Uh, is it like um, I don't the know only, what any of those mean? The only one they ever use, they ever talk about, uh, and they talk about with disdain for the most part, <laughs> is uh, the one three one like trap where they'll play like three guys at the at the red line or blue line, have one forward out front, yeah. and then they just pretty much try to clog up the middle. Like just even you, even when they tell me that as boring as that strategy is, I'm like, ooh, cool. Yeah. I don't know. It gets to me when, again, like you said, more like they're filling dead air. And so mm-hmm. they'll just talk about these really bland terms or just like, again, yeah, I got to get to the dirty areas. Just got to really, it essentially sounds like, and they say it more or less, uh, the Blues need to try. Yeah. Next game, the Blues will have to try is what it goes That's comes what down, it to. down to. basically. Um, and they will. You know what? For all this, for all the harping we just did, oh, they're course. right. They do have to try. Yeah, it's not. I, I, I don't, it was a diatribe because we don't really want to focus on this game a yeah, lot, yeah. and it's too soon to draw big picture conclusions from it. I really do believe that. Give me a hot take, though. Give me a hot take. <sighs> hot take from this game. Well, I was really. I, I have fully bells bell curved on my coffin. <laughs> I was anti-signing. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, no, this guy's the greatest score of all time, and it was a great move to get him on this team. And now I'm back like, oh, this guy's a big liability. Um, hottest take from this game. Well, give me a cold take. Give me any kind of take. Uh, let me think. Just, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think. <laughs> let me think, damn it. Um, I am worried about our offense. I'm not... There are pieces... But is there a team? You know what I'm saying? Like, the players we have on this team should never look as lifeless in the offensive zone as they did tonight. And if they're gassed, that's very concerning to me. Because Mm -hmm. what are they gassed as a result of? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the thin air. I don't know. But that seems like a thin excuse, no pun intended. Although I will say, having experienced thin air recently when I went to Chattanooga, that's some serious shit. That really, like, it's a very different experience. So I kind of get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I am a little worried about will the offense be there night in and night out. It's a compressed schedule, and you've got two, you've got two really good teams in your division, and you've got two more teams, I think, that on any given night are a threat to you, Minnesota and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then you've got some wild cards in California that I don't think are good necessarily, but I don't think they're ever going to be any team that you can write off. I mean, this division isn't good top to bottom, but I, I'm i not freaking out, but I entered the season thinking, I'm not sure this team is good. And then I had the first team and first game, and I was like, "Oh, I was maybe wrong. I think this team could be great. I think they really battled and, and are determined to prove that, you know, their Stanley Cup wasn't a fluke and they're not a distant third in this division and that they're really good." And now after last night's game, I'm kind of back to, "I'm not sure this team is good. <laughs> they don't seem to deal with adversity especially well." Um, mm. They did with, like, the hand pass and stuff a couple times in the playoffs, so I'm not trying to write that off. 
But to be, but also to but, be fair, that's like a whole other team. And also, that's a whole even during, team. but also even during those playoffs, there were some games where they went down. Oh, they were really up and down. Like, yeah, it's over. And I mean, sometimes with that playoff run too, it's like all credit to them, but it's almost like flipping a coin. That's like it just so happened that it went. You win, you lose. You win, you lose. Especially in that Boston uh-huh. series, and it so happened it's an odd number. Yeah. And uh, you ended up winning on seven, where you're like, hey, we win. Because, um, yeah, the game before, they sucked. And game four, three, four, game two, whatever. No, game three, they sucked. Game three, they won. No, one, yeah. four. Was the, which one am I thinking No, of? we won two and four and five. Yeah. Seven, right? Yeah, three and six were the nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Because those were both here. Yeah, we won... <laughs> oh my god what happened in that uh, I, that's a, we need to redo that we should yeah. do a like a deep look back at that playoff run sometime tweet us if you're interested we'll, in we'll do that episode. we'll do that when we end this season whatever 10 and 46 yeah yeah oh, woof um I, I don't like how we didn't adjust i think that was my yeah the most annoying part of this game i mean other I really, than the score that, that Darren Payne point really really hit me because you get embarrassed by the 6 nothing or whatever it was at the time, and you think, oh, what a crap show. And then you look. he made me look back and think, oh, no, this was never good. There wasn't mm-hmm. any point in this game where I was like, oh, competitive, you know, anything can go either way. But why didn't, I mean, well, it's one game, they'll adjust in other games, but it bugged me because I kept thinking about the first game, and the Blues played really good in the first period, then the second period the Avs came out and really pushed on the Blues, and the Blues didn't break because there was no one scored in the second period but i remember uh i think i was watching like the abs the abs feed and they were like you know that's what you want to see you want to see the abs come out strong they adjusted you know great job and blah blah and i just kept thinking and i was like man they talked about it in such a way that it was like it had to happen like mm-hmm. there's of course they came out and adjusted of course they were the better team in the second it, there's no other way to play Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought about in this first period when we sucked. I'm like, well, then we'll come out in the second period and be pretty good. And we didn't. That's It was confusing. It was very confusing. It looked like they knew what they wanted to do at the end of the first period, and then they just completely forgot when they came out in the second. Um, but I, like you said, I don't want to go too deep into it, I guess. I could, I could start overthinking and overanalyzing, but it's game two. I'm kind of glad they got embarrassed, as we sort of talked about before coming on. I'm kind of glad that it wasn't just like a 4-2 loss mm. that of the same effort that they just happened to get two goals in or whatever, and you're like, oh, because then people can kind of paint it like, ah, they're all right. Because you've seen, you've seen that before. We've all seen that where a team is winning, mm. then they're barely winning, <laughs> But yeah. people are like, it's fine, it's still five wins in a row. And you're like, these are the barely winning wins. And then they start losing, and it's like, I saw that. Of course yeah. that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so this felt like, I want a clear-cut loss. Just so just so we know, and they know, and everyone's on the same page. <laughs> and there's no sort of like, that was a pretty close loss, so I think we're all right. And uh, then it blows up in your face later. Might as well just blow up now. Yeah, Get yeah. it out of the way. <laughs> Bear with me on this analogy. Oh, boy. The boys to me are a little bit like the oh, no. band Temple of the Dog because... <laughs> insert here. Insert here. Oh, well, yeah. Or the outro. Either one. Yeah, I mean, I've um, gone hungry. Just because <laughs> just because Chris Cornell and oh. Eddie Vedder and Mike McCready are in it doesn't mean that it is uh, Soundgarden or Pearl Jam. 
And I think I we said this a lot over the off season. Obviously, this is our first episode of the season, but it feel that this was such a big jerk in one direction and then jerk back in the other direction. I really feel like we need to look at this team as a new team mm-hmm. and not. St- I, I'm glad Robert Thomas says it. I want him to say it. I want Jordan Bennington to think we just won the cup and people are writing us off. That's all. Yeah, have that that, swagger. Have that. that, Yeah, have it. That's great. But for us as fans, and I know this isn't going to happen on Twitter because that's a hellhole. But (laughs) but people in the 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 cup gang, (laughs) if you're part of the cup gang, (laughs) you get Um, your news, your e letter. (laughs) Um. For us, I, I think it's important to emphasize that this is a massively different team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up the 2018-19 the roster real quick just to just to run through this. Um, Maxime Lapierre, <laughs> Marcel Gatch, Ali Okanen, Jamal Mayers. Jamal Mayers, <laughs> Asatikanen. Ryan O'Reilly, obviously still here. Vladimir Tarasenko here, but kind of not. And when he comes back, is he corporeal or not? (laughs) No, he could be non-corporeal. Then we got a whole other issue. Braden Shin here. Here, on the left. Is he corporeal? On the left Left wing, wing, though. David Perron here, but not after. (laughs) Not after the expansion. I'm so sorry, David. Get out. We need you to take one more for the team, and we'll sign you back. We promise. We promise. We'll do it. Alex Petrangelo gone. Tyler Bozak about to be gone. Uh, well, I wouldn't be shocked if we sign him again. Sign for like a year. For like year three or million or something. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, Vince Dunn, Robert Thomas, Oscar Sunquist. These guys are all still here. But then you get into Pat Maroon, gone. Colton Pareko here. Alex Steen, gone. Ivan Barbasov, Zach Sanford, Jay Bomeister, gone. Joel Edmondson, gone. Robert Mortuzo and Carl Gunnarsson, non-factors. Robbie Fabry. Um, Michael Delzato's gone, Chris Butler, Jordan Nolan, none of these people matter in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Jake Allen's gone. Um, it's a team with a hugely different identity. Petrangelo obviously being the biggest factor. Edmondson, the defense especially, has shifted dramatically. The forward core with the addition of Hoffman, the temporary loss of of Tarasenko, you can make arguments about how big the Steen and Maroon losses are. I don't think they're that big on the ice, but I think yeah, it's like the Steen one in the locker room for sure, and even I, I guess even Maroon a little bit in the locker room as well. But yeah, I think you're right. The fact that you can say we had Petrangelo, we had Bomeister, and who else am I forgetting that would have been back there if we had a turnover of three Edmondson? Edmondson thank you. Into Falk, Scandella, and Krug, like. That's just, those are completely different players Mm -hmm. to any of the ones that were there before. They're uh, significantly shorter players, in fact. But uh, those are all very different. We didn't replace them with another version of that player. That's different people making up a different defense. Um, And again, with Tarasenko, like your number one offensive threat out. You have Mike Hoffman as a replacement. Um, I'll... Mike Hoffman, not very good at defense. Tarasenko, <laughs> not the best defensively, but I gotta say, and you mentioned, I think they said this on Puck Soup too, works his tail off now when he plays defense, works his butt off, Tarasenko does. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, I'm not trying to harp on Mike Hoffman, I'm saying different players, different players. Shen's on the wing now, a different position. I don't, if they keep sucking, 
I don't know if that sticks. I don't know what they do, but it feels like they might have to go back to like a Shen Schwartz thing. I'd yeah. be interested to see if they did. Um, Robert Thomas also in the center now. Has yeah. To adjust back to that position. I was like, Thomas and Kyrou are much more prominent roles. Colton it's just Pareko way has different. has to adjust to a bigger role. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bennington has to adjust to being the only guy. Um, it's just a lot of change and to the point of, of Temple of the Dog, very good band with some very famous faces that you love very much. But not the same band. And it's going to take time for this group to gel as a group. Um, Temple of the Dark gelled right away. I mean, I mean why, okay, why can't we be them? But, um, but uh, yeah, I just, I think patience is something Overrated. I don't want to have at all, really. I want to be at their throat for this game. Um. As long as I see that they are trying, you know, tonight was, I, I, if, if we go out and have two strong efforts against San, San Jose, I can write off tonight entirely. Really, I can't. I mean, it sucked, but I can just say, whatever, game two, you got caught on the back foot and you never recovered. If this lingers, though, then I'm starting to get real nervous. Because the problem is, and this was always my concern, it's not just that there's a lot of turnover. It's that you didn't have a preseason, and now you've got a truncated season. You don't have the time to gel that you would normally have, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, they're talking, what did they used to say, that you knew who was in and out of the playoffs by uh, Thanksgiving? It feels like it's Valentine's Day this year. Like, you do not have a lot of time... To figure this out um everything's like a four-point game too you know yeah. the the, the uh, old four-point game where like you're playing everyone's in your division so yeah if you're tied uh or if teams behind you by two points you win that game now you're up on them by four points but if they win that game now you're tied it's yeah. like a, a four-point delta it's a four-point swing um, that's a big, big math term. You can't. That's a, that's a brilliant man. I'm so smart. I was about to say, and he's single, but he's not single. You're screwed. You should have had a luck. You messed up. Um, you bit. You waited too long, and now bit you on the ass. <laughs> all the felines out there are crushed. All those poor cats. Uh, um, well, you'll adopt a kitty. You know? Yeah, there's, someday. There's a kitty in need of a home. Maybe those so. are the people. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I, aspire, I mean, I hope none of them mean I aspire mean to do this very, very common thing. Uh, <laughs> very, very <laughs> easily look, look, yeah, I've got, I've given myself really easy goals, you know. This is my five-year plan. Wake up, <laughs> clean the room, drink enough water. Clean the whole room? The whole Make room. the bed, maybe, but not clean the Different whole room. Different corners. We play the abs three times in a row in what month is this april uh-huh Oof. like that's fun i just that's one i think of where i'm like i was thinking i, I kind of like having two of the abs ones out of the way i know that's what that's what i was gonna say i'm kind of glad one. they're already out of there uh vega it's like just get clear vegas and everything and and i feel i feel better but yeah that's the thing is like with this division too, you got to win some of the gimmies. Um, and I know we won't. I know obviously LA is still a hockey team. Um, Anaheim's still a hockey team. They, Darren Pang or anyone else in the announcing crew will tell you, uh, it's a league of parody. Any team can win any any night. night. Um, but yeah, you, you can't be playing these games against LA and dropping games or like Anaheim and just dropping games. Cause it's going to bite you in the butt when you play Vegas. 
or Colorado, and they're just super, super tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's I think that's a good place, good note to kind of end it on is just figure it out, try be, and get better. Be better. Be best, as Melania Trump would say. Mm-hmm. Didn't really mean to quote a Trump there, but you know, that's it's okay. That's the, that's the best thing. That's the best Tony thing they've D'Angelo said. I like that one. Out on parlor. <laughs> I'd, wear, I'd wear a t shirt that said be best. <laughs> that's, the best. that's the best thing to come out of this administration. Rant, random thought that had to do with that. I was thinking, <laughs> I wouldn't ever want to be at the Capitol for all the Capitol shenanigans, uh-huh. but I'd kind of want to view it. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want to be in the mass, no. but like be on the mall, just be like, what? What? A crazy whatever. <laughs> what happened? And I was telling somebody I'd want to have a red hat on just so people didn't, you know, attack me and stuff. But it wouldn't say anything. It'd be like no, a cardinal's a hat. So hat from a distance, they'd be like, ah, okay, just the corner of your eye. You're like, he's fine. It's like when you put the uh, old zombie mask on and Left for Dead, and they're like, totally oh, he's a zombie. Because you know how zombies identify living flesh is by looking at it. <laughs> and to and think if about the face it. seems dead, they process a zombie. We can't eat that. This is... I never really understood why zombies don't eat each other anyway. <laughs> right? They just need flesh. They don't. See, they they seem to be picky. I suppose. <laughs> I guess they are very very defined palates for zombies. Yeah. Did you have a topic? I, I feel like I did, and I do, but it's like it has nothing to do with anything. Well, you know, we've been going for over an hour now. An hour and 20 minutes. These people are getting their money's worth. Man, you got you got some nonsensical rants about a team that will win, like, the next two games, yeah, and probably. we'll be like, who gives a oh, shit? Oh, yeah, baby. Ian, you and I gotta go play Hades anyway. We gotta escape hell together <laughs> sometime, so. I'm always folks. in hell. <laughs> and life is hell with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, we'll be back. Oh, before I go, last thing. Really cool to see Nolan Patrick back on an NHL. I, oh, yeah. I didn't know that that was necessarily going to happen. Like, that kind of, kind of just wasn't aware that he was back to healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was cool. I'm glad, I'm, you know, Oscar, uh, <laughs> said Oscar Sundquist, Oscar Lindblom as well, and, um, uh, what was his name? Kevin Miller, I think, missed like a whole season with the Bruins as well. So like some players back from really long term injuries, but uh, I think you know obviously the the cancer Oscar Strong thing is its mm-hmm. own category. But really, Nolan uh, Patrick was the second overall pick for a long time talked about as the first overall pick, um, and it seemed like his career was maybe ended by concussion migraine issues and. Uh, he's been back and he looks good. He's got some sick flow now too. So uh, I'm excited. I'm really pulling for him. Flyers look like a good team this year, man. Yeah. They. I'm gonna. I'm never gonna quite believe it, but <laughs> they seem to be pretty good. So, uh, yeah. On that note, folks, don't freak out about an eight to nothing loss. We We're, talked about it for like forty minutes, but got, don't worry about we've it. We've all gotten beaten up eight to nothing at some point in life. And when the fires of hell are surrounding you, just dash and double dash if you have that yeah. ability and escape and you'll be fine. Uh, any, any closing remarks, Sam? I'm trying to think of any like catchphrases they say in Hades. But uh, I don't what's know. the one where has he answered the messages? Uh, something. Ahoy! <laughs> it's like ahoy. Doesn't he say by the power of Olympus, hear my cry? Yeah. Anyway, you, all, you folks all know about this uh, very very indie game that we're discussing and log it up it's fun and we'll talk to you real soon ahoy but it's on the table the fire